Hello and welcome to That Blind Lads podcast. Today I have a very interesting guest on in Isaac Swaby. Isaac, how are you? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. I'm happy to uh, happy to be chatting to you. So um, yeah, excited for this. Thank you for thank you for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll get to hear your interesting story and where you are now. Yeah, man. So straight to the beginning. With what what was uh, your childhood like? Where where does it all start for you? Um, so I was I was born in North London in like the Finsbury Park area. Um, so I lived there. I was only there for like three or four years. I went to nursery there, and then uh, my parents moved down to Brighton, um, uh, which is where I am now. Uh, so yeah, so I moved down to Brighton when I was like four. Sort of went through school there. Um, my parents were 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 ravers themselves back in the day before me. So I I I listened to a lot of sort of jungle music, garage music, house music. So it's their fault then, is it? Yeah, it's their fault that I'm like this. (laughs) Yeah, electronic dance music has been sort of sort of like ingrained in me from from the very beginning, like Prodigy and and MB and people like that. So Mm. yeah, that's I I guess yeah, that's where it all comes from. So how how old are you now? Don't mind me asking? I'm I'm 21 now, 22 at the start of next year in January. Oh, wow. uh, I thought you was older. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, it's weird, mate. This year's gone so quickly. I feel like I was doing my 21st birthday at Ministry <laughs> a week ago. Yeah. So you're going from you obviously moved down to Brighton, and what what would you say? Obviously, your, your school years, uh, what were they like for you? Um. When I was when I was at my my first like primary school sort of like reception age up to year six, it was a bit weird for me. I I come from Finsbury Park, which is really multicultural, mm. and then I come down to a village like on the outskirts of Brighton, and I was like, obviously I've got my my hearing loss, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Yeah, definitely. And then on top of that, being like the only black kid in school, I was a bit of like a an outcast sort of figure. So it took me a while to adjust to that. I mean, I, I eventually sort of um, made my way like into sort of the the, the social setting or whatever through mm. just being there for a while and playing football with everyone and whatever. Um, but yeah, at the start, it was a bit weird for me. Um, but then, yeah, you just kind of get used to it. I've always been so used to just being like the different one. So I kind of almost enjoy it. Like I love being different to everyone else. Yeah. So you, you mentioned your your hearing loss there. Did you have that from from birth, or is that something that's developed? Yeah, so I had it from birth, but i i didn't actually I didn't actually get hearing aids until I was about eight years old. Um, the the reason that it was picked up was because my teachers actually um, said to my parents that they they thought I was struggling to to listen in class. Mm. Um, so obviously went and got my hearing tested, and turns out that it was pretty um, pretty shocking. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I, I had a few operations because they thought maybe it was like glue ear where, where you got too much wax or mm. blockage. Um, but it wasn't. It's just a, a birth defect and my hearing is not great. So then, yeah, I got hearing aids and now I'm, um, yeah. Now so I'm do, do you think now, now you're obviously wearing hearing aids for a number of years. Do you think looking back on the years before you started wearing, do you think that had an effect on you or your education or anything like that? I, I don't think it had too much of an effect on my education, luckily. Um I, I, I didn't struggle in in that sense. Um I think it impacted me 
creatively more than anything. And I know that sounds really weird, but like when you know, like Disney movies and stuff. Mm. When I, I used to watch films because I couldn't really hear what anyone was saying. Mm. I I really liked sort of took in all the the visual aspects of it. So like my favorite one was uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, and I feel like like I just kind of it, it having a lot of like visual sort of stimulation in that it sort of like like take took me down a bit more of a creative path like I loved like making stuff and and looking at things that I'd made so I used to draw a lot and and things like that and mm. so I, it impacted me creatively um but yeah other than that I, I was quite lucky to not be affected like my education and my speech and things uh, I think saying that 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 kind of backs up the the thing you know when someone obviously me being blind someone says well is your smile in heightened or I think yeah. it's I think it's when you've when you've had a sense taken off yeah you, you use essentially you've got left more than usual. Yeah, I get what you mean. We're real life superheroes, mate. <laughs> yes, mate. So, uh, it's, and it's funny as well because you say obviously back then you was you'd taken a lot of visual stuff, whereas now obviously we're coming to it, but now you're a DJ, which is obviously purely yeah. audio. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, kind of, <laughs> so, yeah, so you're going through, you're going for it's going through secondary school. What was, was you were. Uh, were you still into all the the similar music your parents were into and yeah so secondary school was it's was quite it, it was yeah like i mostly listened to house music i mean i started getting into like grime when i was sort of that age because mm. i was kind of sort of making its way down where we were i mean i so i was quite into like i used to listen to a lot of jamie and skepta and boy better know and that um but yeah, I've always sort of like my parents have always listened to house. Like if you go to my if you go to my dad's house, there's house all day, like with <laughs> a Bluetooth speaker. And then even my mum, so she is so funny. She makes curtains, right? And she'll be sitting in her workshop listening to like Andy <laughs> City, banging heavy drum and bass while she's stitching some curtains together. So, I can never get away from it, but um, I love it. So it like it makes you you are now I suppose that's kind of yeah, molded you. Yeah. So going obviously going through your your secondary school years would, by the by the end was your was you getting out of secondary school what you was hoping or yeah, expecting? So after after secondary school, it's quite funny actually. I, I I was massively into my football at school. I really wanted to do football as a career. Mm. Um, and then when I kind of realised that wasn't going to happen, I was like, oh, I might get into coaching. So I went to I went to a college in Worthing where they had like a football performance programme. So we would we would train like twice a week and play and then we did like strength and conditioning and stuff because I really wanted to get into football. Mm. Um, but obviously at college you turn 18 and then nights out start happening and literally <laughs> as soon as... As soon as I, I was able to get involved in the nightlife, I was doing like club promoting and sort of just like kind of stayed away from football. So that's kind of when when music took over for me. So when I was 18 at college, just mm. first started going out. What was your, did you have any plans from like 16 to 18 before? Or was it, was it just football for you? Uh, yeah, I thought I wanted to be a coach. I mean, my, my dad produces fashion shows. That's why I work. So I work in events at the moment. Yeah. Um, so as I started getting into going out, like I didn't think at first, oh, I want to be a DJ. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to sort of get involved in events because I'd been doing it like part time with my dad while I was at college and stuff. Um, so I thought events would be the, the way for me to go. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, and I mean, I, I guess that kind of sort of transitions into the whole side of music and like, yeah. is that what um obviously going to a night out? What was what was because seeing as you're only a year older than me, it can't be much different to what I've experienced. But what what yeah. was it like for you? Obviously having your hearing impairment and being in that in kind of in environment. Um, it was weird. I tell you what, I had a, I've got a funny story for you. It's a bit. It was actually really recently. Um, as I mentioned on my twenty first birthday, I went to Ministry of Sound, mm. and um, my the hearing aid in my right ear because the bass is so hectic in there. Yeah, it literally is faulty. Like I had to <laughs> replace it. Right, like the microphone was absolutely destroyed. <laughs> um, that's like the only issue I've had. Like to be honest it's actually been really okay because I've been used to loud music because I hear it in my house all the time. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't too much of a problem. The only other, the only thing is whenever I get searched by security, they're always like, what's that in your ears? <laughs> like, no, these are to help me here. These are not to stop. <laughs> sound, not, so. not some kind of secret weapon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I can, I can relate to because I wear one in my left ear. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's 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 a uh, you get you do get a lot of weird questions whether it's a nightclub, customs at the yeah. airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's all, you get used to it, though, don't yeah, you? So. you definitely do. Yeah. So would would you say obviously actually the environment didn't bother you that much? Would you say the the people did they or did they just kind of take it in a stride and just you know? I mean, I guess like my friends always kind of I mean my hearing aids are in-ear hearing aids I don't have the ones that go like over the back of my mm. ear um so they're actually quite discreet a lot of people don't notice especially in dark clubs yeah. um but all my friends have they just really forget to be honest because mm. it, it, it hasn't really made me too much different um like noticeably different so a lot of time people forget and they're like oh I forgot you had hearing aids if someone yeah. will ask me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I forgot you had those. So yeah, nothing actually made too much difference, which is which is uh, nice. So who who would you say your your um your your, your favourite DJs? I suppose when you first started going out. When I first started, um, when I first started, uh, I don't know if you know Pauza. No. Um, I'd seen he's one of the Solid Group. He's a, a co co like owner founder of Solid Grooves. Oh, okay, I've heard of that. Yeah. Um. And so he's a big, tall, like mixed race guy. And obviously me being mixed race um, and like just seeing him on the decks. And I used to go to all of his shows and, and buy all of his tunes. And he really made me think, do you know what? Actually, why I love the music so much. Why didn't I just like get my own set of decks? Mm. Um, so I'd say he was probably my main inspiration to get mixing um at first like when i first started out so was he kind of your your role model i suppose yeah 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 i'd say so um so yes yeah, so, so you're going through that's so obviously when you turn 18 and you said you was straight into the night scene no questions, yeah. no questions about it yeah what was it like what what obviously you said that dj in particular but what was the the main point that made you thought yeah i'm actually gonna try and have a go making music now um, well, like throughout literally my whole life, I've always had like some kind of music. Like I started playing drums when I was um, uh, in prior, in secondary school. Sorry. And like then when I was at college, I used to do MC and like the grime music and that with mm-hmm. some of my mates. So we, we would do that. So I've always been like creating music. 
And then obviously when house music and house raving took over and I wasn't really doing the rapping anymore and I, I didn't have a drum kit and I was like, I want to like be creative and, and do something. And I was like, Dex is just the best thing for yeah. me to do. I wasn't even, I literally never had the intention of like wanting to actually pursue it as a career. Yeah. I just like, mate, Pauza looks sick when he DJs. He, he makes like, all his mixes are unreal. I just want to do that like in my bedroom. And, <laughs> so I can do clubbing every night of the week. Do you know what I mean? So it was never your, it was never your intention, purely just like a hobby sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So yeah, so you, that's, that's a lot of, it's a lot of people's passive thing. They tend to start doing something as a hobby that they really enjoy. And if you're lucky or, you know, you're good at it, then you, you, yeah. you kind of slip into a professional exactly. way, yeah. so to speak, of doing it. So, you go and obviously that was only three years ago we started and but what what led you to actually getting these um because i've seen you've you've managed to get like a few uh big gigs at some of your, yeah. your favorite nightclubs and that what was what was the the path to there and what like, kind um, of made I, people notice you i'd probably say like what ended up happening is if like there was house parties and stuff when i felt good enough i was like do you know what why didn't i just like offer like myself to play to play like dj at the house party Hmm. so i would do that and then like the feeling that you get of playing in front of people is literally like you can't describe it It (laughs) so i was like imagine this like times 100 like a massive crowd yeah yeah it just started getting me really exciting and obviously because like i said when i was 18 i started club promoting Hmm. i knew a lot of like the people that put on the nights in brighton so I'll just like send them my mixes on Facebook. Like, listen, I've got a SoundCloud link for you. Here's a, an hour mix. Like, if you've got any house nights, like, give me a shot, give me a shot. And like, there was so many no's. Honestly, I can't tell you how many times, mm. like, there was, it was like, nah, 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 we've not got anything. Or or they say, yeah, and then they go back on it. And But I just kept sending them mixes and be like, listen, I'm good enough. I know I am. Yeah, yeah. Then, um, yeah, so that night in Brighton that I played at, um, that was when I had my first main room set with uh, with a guy that I, I'm pretty sure you know pretty well, Endor, who's an absolute legend. I love. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was headlining that night, and I um, I played one a.m. till two a.m. just before him. And, oh mate, it was wicked. Big shout to Endor, buddy. He's an absolute boss. He's he, he's made the he's made the music for this podcast and everything for me. He's an absolute absolute legend. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. Like he's really supportive on on my Twitter and yeah. yeah. Yeah, what a bloke. Yes. So, um, so yeah, you you go in. Obviously, you said that adrenaline, in and you go and to all the different promoters. And I think that I think this is it. That that kind of industry that you just have to just keep going at it. There's, there's no like. Yeah, like honestly, you have to with with the music industry and and probably any industry that's really saturated, like uh, an industry where everyone wants to be doing that, like. Everyone wants to be a DJ. Everyone wants to be a footballer, or everyone wants to be a model. Like you have to, you have to be prepared to hear a hundred no's before you get a yes. Yeah, and you have to, you have to believe like that. Just because you've heard a hundred no's, it doesn't mean no forever. Mm. Um, and because because everyone wants to do it, so you've just got to keep keep pushing and keep like believing and keep just getting told no until you get a yeah. You have to be strong mentally, I suppose. Yeah, you do. You do, and and the thing is, is if if and you got to put yourself out there as well, because a lot of people, 
I've got a lot of mates who are uh, probably, especially in like the production side of music, a lot more talented than me, but they've had a lot less opportunities because they're a bit more ten- tentative to sort of like approach p- people or share their music with everyone. And and I think that's the thing. You just got to take that leap and believe in yourself and just put yourself out there. Mm. And like, like you said, when that, when that, that night you got in Brighton and the feet, I'm imagining the feeling you got was made that all, all that, constant trying or worth it yeah man it was it was because I had a couple of like quite sort of um upsetting ones where I was told I'd be on the lineup and then I saw it release and my name's not there and I'm like oh what's going on I've told people I'm playing and yeah it's happening but you just keep I just kept pushing so yeah it was such a sick feeling to see everyone packed out front to back because the club was full um and yeah it was it was bumping man I just want that feeling again yeah, it's something we've been deprived of for the past six months. I think no, you'd agree. It's been yeah, it's been really frustrating. Um, you say you've been you've missed that whole just I, I'm, I probably know the answer just but you have you missed the whole night scene of clubs and yeah, absolutely. Like I've been trying to do as many social distance sort of sit down <laughs> raves as possible, and uh, I mean it's it's good to to hear some some proper loud dumping music again <laughs> enjoy it with your friend but um yeah man i can't wait to get back to those sweaty sweaty warehouse raves <laughs> yeah or, or being at some bus station at six in the morning feeling yeah. absolute shit exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a weird it's a weird but kind of satisfying feeling satisfying yeah. feeling in it yeah and it's just nice to sort of share that experience with with loads of like-minded people i think that's the thing that that is the biggest thing about coronavirus is just because, I mean, yeah, we all love the music, but the feeling of of being around people that enjoy the same things as you and, and are on the same wavelength as you and like enjoying the house music or whatever music you like with them. 100%. Is, yeah, unparalleled. It's, 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 it's like I said, it's mixing and you meet some random and weird and wonderful people, don't you? you, you yeah, some of, some of my best friends, like my actual best friends I met um, like in clubs, like uh, one of my best mates, um, I met him at Printworks and like ever and I bumped into him randomly again at Studio 238. I didn't get his number or anything at Printworks. And I was like, what are the chances? And honestly, he's like, he, he if I had a wedding tomorrow, he'd be there. Do you know what I mean? Wow, yeah. It, it, yeah. it just brings up those special relations. I've, I've met some people that I still speak to now and some people that I give on my Instagram to and I've never ever spoke to them again. It's, yeah, it's just, yeah, there is a there is a very um, a mixed bunch, isn't there? I'm, I'm definitely the same. I've definitely given up my Instagram and never <laughs> again. But you know, it's a nice feeling at the time. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So right now, who who's who's your? Have you got like a a set of DJs or a DJ that you just listen to on a regular basis? Um, yeah, firstly, I want to shout out one DJ. Actually, no, a couple of them. Um, Go on. So, Alicia, I'm guessing you know Alicia. I've seen her name here and there on Twitter, yeah. yeah. I love her. She is so nice. She's been so supportive of me um, from from day one. Like, I used to go to a lot of her gigs, and um, so I knew her from that. And then when I started DJing, she's literally, because she's got a big platform, she's doing really well. Mm. And uh, she's been so supportive of me, especially recently, and... Uh, I can't literally can't bank her enough because she's been a legend. And then um, late replies as well. I've just started doing production lessons with them. But um, 
uh, I'm quite familiar with with Josh now, and he's like the nicest guy on the planet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those two I wanted to shout out massively. Um, but in terms of who I'm listening to the most, like just on Spotify, let's put you on a spot, in <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, let me think though. I, I I'm going to go for some some sort of unknown ones and try and put put some some of your listeners on onto some some people that I listen to. Um, so the first guy actually recently is called Mirko Caruso. He's an Italian geezer. And um, he's got so many bangers. My USB is covered in his name. <laughs> um, so he's definitely worth checking out. Ben Rao also, um, he's he's got his own label as well called Meta Floor Label or something. Um, and they've got a really wicked, like, unique sound. Mm. Um, and I've got, again, I've got loads of his tunes. So I'd say them two at the moment... Um, would probably be the ones that I wanted to shout out, but I mean, I could shout out hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. You're, you're quite, um, you're quite underground, let's say, compared to the the people I listen to. It's, yeah, yeah, potentially, but um, I mean, honestly, I, I still listen to so much cheesy stuff as well. Yeah, even outside of house, like I, you know, round round by the Sugar Babes. <laughs> I love that song. It, it, Laps, I love it. That song goes so hard. So, yeah, man, there's nothing wrong. Underground, overground, whatever ground you're standing on, mate. Music is music. I'm, I'm waiting for you to say, like, uh, Dancing Queen or something like that as well. Yeah, well, Abba. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. But <laughs> See, if you go from... I've only been in the, like, kind of doing the whole clubbing thing for the best part of a year. Yeah. Um, and the people that got me into it was um, the Camel Fat and Salado. They were the main... Okay. Me too. Wicked, man. And listen, if you go to if you go to a set like we've seen I've seen them um, I've seen them at the arch in Brighton and Salado played um played a few times and when I went to them I I know they make like typically maybe more sort of commercial uh house music but they played some some underground rippers in their sets. <laughs> and Camelback, I've seen them loads of times, they do the same thing. So Yeah. Yeah. They they are my favourite. I think Camel yeah. Fat there, they're just they're, they're legends, so but the tunes you just can't you can't not love a camera. <laughs> so what in terms of your um the music you make, is, is there yeah. a is there a particular sound that you go for? Is it kind of yeah. whatever you're feeling I, at the moment? Yeah, I started I started producing uh at the beginning of lockdown actually, just because I had so much spare time on my hands and I thought like it's the best way to sort of progress myself and and get my uh my sound and my style and my name out there mm. um and i i go for quite like a, a tribal like afro inspired um like ethnic sort of vibes to my house music yeah um, i'm not really sure why i don't know if it's just if, if it's in my dna like obviously my my roots are uh well they're from africa by way of jamaica yeah so yeah, maybe that's it. But I just love like the sort of the congas and the bongo drums and the djembes and stuff like that. Like it really excites me. I think it's really sort of emphatic. So that's that's the kind of stuff mm. that I implement in my production. And hopefully I'll be able to put something out soon. Do you think you go for like phases of like in different sounds or is it is there always something in the back of like 
say if you release a track just this year and then five years time you could without saying a name you could easily tell it's you in both tracks i think i think to a certain extent yes like there's always going to be some kind of tribal influence in it because even if you listen to my sets like there's always there's always going to be at least one tune that has some like like tribal african like you know when they do (laughs) something like that or or some kind of tribal drumming yeah and and that's why i like to keep it kind of uniform so people know like when they hear something oh that sounds like something swaby would play yeah um but i wouldn't want to put myself in a box at the same time so obviously new to production i wouldn't want to say listen i'm only going to go down this path like there's so many avenues to explore but um that's sort of like my foundation if you get what i mean mm. i suppose going back to you saying like the, that particular the music market being oversaturated i think but then also it there's so many different kind of obviously you got how it's yeah. music and there's so many different tunnels taking you down to different parts of it yeah you've got that freedom to be as creative and as different as you like exactly exactly man so going obviously into the future, what is obviously not much we can do now. Are you saying you're doing your, you're trying to do socially distant gigs and stuff like that? What is have you got plans for the future in terms of your music? Yeah, so uh, like I said, I started doing um, some production lessons with Late Replies, and if there's any producers out there actually listening to your podcast, I would just say um, their Instagram. Sorry, I just dropped something. Their Instagram is at LR Audio Services, I think. Hmm. And if you want, if you want to learn how to produce good, like quality house music, they are the guys to go to because they're so they're geniuses, man. And yeah. um, they're really it's affordable as well. So I just say that. And then, so in terms of the future, um, yeah, working on my production, I've been doing some live streams, a lot of live streams. I've actually got one on Sunday um, with a couple of mates of mine, uh, Raxit and Oracle. Mm. Um, so we're doing that Sunday, I believe it starts 6, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So if anyone wants to tune in, that's on my Facebook page. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, live streams for the moment, bit of production and just crossing my fingers, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, coronavirus goes away and Boris lets us party again. But... Um, yeah, if I can play any social distanced events, then that would be wicked too. Um, I've not been able to actually DJ. I've only been able to go as a um, and enjoy it. Um, so yeah. So we say as soon as as soon as the coronavirus starts to clear up and does clear up, is is it like actually going and doing gigs? That's your goal, would you say? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I mean, I had I had a festival booked as well for the summer, which was like. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't even believe it. And that is, if I don't, honestly, I don't think festivals will happen next year. I want to stay positive. They might be sort of lower capacity, maybe a bit distant. I want to play a festival, but that's a bit more of a long-term goal. Yeah. So yeah, just get back in into, get getting back into gigging uh, is probably the main thing for me when COVID's over. I think festivals are like, they're almost seen as the pinnacle, aren't they, of like, Exactly. Yeah. They're just like the vibes at a festival are next level. I just, I love going to them and I can't even imagine what the feeling would be like to play in one of those big yeah. I've I've never been to a festival, so I'm yet to experience it. But if, yeah, man, I hope you get the chance and um, I'm sure you will get the chance. So that's, that's if that's, that's hoping I don't get lost. 
Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Make sure you've got your people with you. <laughs> go, go, I'll go wearing a high-vis vest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, I'll tell you what, that's actually a really good way to get back into the campsite. <laughs> you're going to his vest, pretend you're uh, security, and, uh, <laughs> and you get to skip the queues. Everyone's off their face anyway, so they're not going to point me out and go, look at that weirdo. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, you, you've, obviously you've, you've got plans, so to speak. Not, not that anyone could have concrete plans for the future. Yeah. Um, what is So you, you do all that, obviously, you've got your music stuff on the side. What is it you do now, kind of? With the, along with the music stuff, um, so I I work in events production, which is um, quite sort of a good tandem. It's a good pair. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, goes uh, goes goes hand in hand. Um, but I don't. I've never put on any kind of like music event or anything. It's it's mostly sort of um, PR stuff, really. Mm. Uh, and I really enjoy that, actually. Um, it is good fun. So, I mean, if if DJing was never a, a, a full-time thing that where I got all my income from, I, I wouldn't be... I mean, obviously, I'd be upset, but um, I do enjoy what I do. Um, so I'm, I'm quite blessed to be, to be able to do that. In terms of hobbies outside of music, <laughs> I don't have too many. I just joined a... Oh, actually, that's, we can talk about football. Can't we? Yes, we can. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I've actually just joined a football team. I've got my first game for them on Saturday. I'm probably gonna be so unfit. I haven't played since, <laughs> college, uh, which is like three years ago. So, um, but I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you're a Chelsea fan. Am I correct? I am. Yeah, I'm, and honestly, if you if we'd been talking about this last season, I might have even denied it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited for this season, especially with Chelsea's new attack. Yes, it's, it's frightening, isn't it? It is, but um, our defence is also pretty frightening. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, actually, Thiago Silva and Ben Chilwell uh, should be two great additions, and hopefully, we do well this season. I think just looking at that attack of you know Abraham, Ziyech, Havertz, Mount, Vella, Pulisic, Hudson Odoi. It's yeah. and I tell you who I think is going to be the the best of the new boys for Chelsea. ZH looks a proper baller. Yeah, I'm surprised no one's gone for him before, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, so yeah, same, man. But I actually, they always produce like the the sickest like um, talents. They do, yeah. They're, they're just a breeding ground for, for ballers, aren't they? And what one player I forgot in that list was uh, just just a, a small player called Timo Werner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, he's going to be scoring. I've got him in my fantasy team. Oh, have you got a fantasy team? You still do. I don't do that. It's, it's, I lose track after three weeks. Oh yeah, to be yeah, this, that's the thing. I actually never changed mine, but I just love being in the league and being able to say oh, I'm above you. <laughs> so, it's just your your level of football is uh is very different. Well, not very different anymore, but it's I'm I'm a Coventry City fan, as you've probably seen. So. Yeah, I've seen that. What I, I I feel really rude saying this. What league is that? <laughs> We've actually just got promoted from League One. So, oh, wicked! So now we're in the in the Championship. Yeah, no, that's wicked, man. Well done. Um, we've actually, um, we've got I can't I, I can't say it's the first and feel really bad. Vivish, avid. He used to be a, a, Chelsea, a Chelsea coach. Oh, um, so he's he's actually got quite a few of your youngsters. 
to come wow. to us. Um, like yeah, our new team's wicked, so you you might be in the prem next year, mate. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I think we've got um, we had Dijon Sterling. If you have heard of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. I know him. We had him last season and this season with and last season we had um and we still got uh, someone called Fan Katie Dabber. Okay. Um who was our player of the season last season, the right back, and he's an absolute absolute baller. So I'm hoping he's gonna do it a bit for us this year. You lot wear sky blue and, and white stripes, is that right? Sky blue army, yeah. Yes, that's really funny. The team I just joined, we wear sky blue, so um uh, you'll do it while I don't really it's a lucky colour. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, like you said, hopefully, obviously, every single finger and toe crossed, um, we would be in the Premier League, but that's probably pushing it a bit. Oh, well, I I really hope that you lot stay up then. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. What what would what would you say your your predictions are for for Chelsea? For Chelsea, I don't. We're we're not quite ready um, for league titles yet. I. I do, I do think that Liverpool are going to be found out this year. Oh, because I, 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 I mean, not to take anything away from them because they hundred percent deserved to win the league last year. I feel like all their competitions, so both Manchester clubs, Chelsea, Arsenal, especially Tottenham, and all those those top tier Premier League sides, all had pretty bad seasons. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. Liverpool had a, a very good season, so that's why the gap looks so clear. But this year, I think it's going to be a lot more competitive and a lot more exciting to watch. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to say Chelsea are going to be... I'm going to, I'm going to say we're third. I reckon it's going to be City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and then I don't care after that. <laughs> what, what about the... Because uh, you're in the Champions League, aren't you? You just got that last season. Yeah, that's going to be... I think it's going to be good. I reckon it's going to be a bit of... Uh, I think it's good that we've got a lot of strength and depth. Yeah. We're going to need that. Like, being able to sort of bring players like Pulisic and, and Havertz and and that those lot sort of into the mix when maybe we've just played a Liverpool or a Man United or something in the Premier League um, is going to be really useful. Um yeah, it's going to be really difficult for Lampard to make choices because he's got so much firepower. Yeah. And, and are you really going to get anywhere with Kepa and goal, though? Is he... No, I, I agree <laughs> with that. I, I'm, I'm, I was never on the bandwagon, to be honest. When we, we, we broke the record for him, didn't we? I think so much, 70 odd million, wasn't it? Yeah, I was literally like, who is this guy? <laughs> I've. I've not heard of him. And then when he done that, was it Tassari when he told him he wasn't coming off? In the, was it in the Carabao Cup final? Yeah. Yeah, that was... And from then on, I was like, this kid has either got to be like the best goalkeeper ever <laughs> or, or no one's going to be going to back him. And I feel like that kind of sort of affected his confidence a bit. And yeah, it's, it's going downhill. I'm, I'm hearing good things about Oblak, but I don't really believe it. He's the, in my opinion, he's the best goalkeeper in, in Europe. So if you get him, yeah, I mean, yeah, but after watching the Champions League, I, I mean, see, Neuer's really good because of the way that Bayern play. Yeah, you know, they play they play such a high line, and he's just able to to just basically kick the ball up the pitch like halfway in his own half. So they they're not really getting chances. But he was against PSG. He was a fantastic <laughs> shot stopper in the final. Mm. Yeah, so, I I don't know if I can give Old Black the edge, but I'd definitely put him up there in the conversation. You'd take him. You'd take Old Black. 
Hundred percent, hundred percent, any day. And then uh, here's 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 me and Coventry City, just all our players you would have never heard of. <laughs> you know what? I actually, I, I was thinking this today. I feel like I owe the championship a, a service to to pay a bit more attention to it because um, my dad's uh, a Spurs fan. Mm. So we we're both like Premier League, and we've not really paid much attention. But obviously, Brighton are fairly new in the Premier League, yeah. And I never really paid attention to them. And when they got promoted, I thought, you know what? Because they've actually done all right, and they they're now signing some decent players. Mm. You know what? Maybe I should pay a bit more attention to them. Yeah, you could uh, follow um, follow Coventry City. Keep a uh, listen, Coventry City are my championship. <laughs> there we go. That's it's one fan. Uh, so we we have we have nice kits as well. Yeah, exactly. And you got a nice kit. And so, oh, Chelsea's kits are horrendous this year. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. I'm I'm actually really disappointed because it would have been such an exciting season if it wasn't for their kits. See, you should... Um, see, the thing with me with kits, I just kind of get everyone else's opinions. I think Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, at least... Yeah, at least... You, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a difficult one, really. You get? Do you get? Does it like if you? Because um, I, I used to do this. Is really on a bit of a tangent. That's right. I used to do um, uh, SEO, which is like search engine optimization for websites. Mm. Obviously, like I think it's the alt text where it like describes pictures. Yeah. Do you get that? D- does that happen on social media? Yeah, that's um, that is a thing that's mostly I, I know you can do on Twitter. Um, yeah. You can actually just add it, and I've been pushing for. People like me and you, you're, you know, your average Joes, so to speak. Yeah. And then, obviously, your, your companies, your organisations and your football clubs. And yeah. I've been pushing for a few a few moments now to for more and more people. And then people are doing it, like my friends, which I appreciate a lot. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's my, I'm, I've asked my football clubs to do it numbers of times and it's a difficult one to get to get through. But. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll start doing it as well. If you, if you can let me know how to do it, I'll definitely... <laughs> I'd definitely start doing it because, um, like you, you just like you wouldn't you wouldn't think about it and how difficult it is. But yeah, I'll I'll start doing that old text. I just thought about that because we we used to sort of optimize alt text for like people to their websites to rank higher up in Google using keywords and stuff. Yeah, realized that's probably how how you uh, find out what the picture actually is. I might as well just use the opportunity just to tell everyone as well as you. So basically on on Twitter. This is Twitter, not too sure about the others, but on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. there used to be an actually where you had to uh, enable it through settings, but I think now they've took that and it's just enabled automatically for everyone. Yeah. So you go, um, as you just, you know, put your tweet together, when you add a photo, it, yeah. it, I think it says the plus sign and then A-L-T, oh, um, when you press that, it just literally gives you the, the text box and then, you know, self-explanatory from there. Okay, I'm just I'm just on my phone going to try and work out how to do it now. So uh, here's a picture. Add a picture. Oh, plus LLP. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. you. So yeah, oh. you press that and then Bob's your uncle. Nice, just write a little description. Yeah, up to 1,000 characters it can be, obviously. Oh, okay, it can be. <laughs> I'm not going to expect you to do 1,000 characters. I pretty much essay. <laughs> I, I don't really post that many interesting pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but even like, even when I speak to, we are going a bit of a tangent about a while. Even when I do, when I do see tweets, you know, people just put simple ones of like a landscape. Uh, yeah, and just, is it? And I think it just, it just includes people like me 
in yeah. the conversation and can understand the conversation and tweet that bit better. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a yeah. I'll start campaigning for it as well, yeah. mate. Yeah, so. Sure so yeah, so we, we went off on a bit of a tangent there, but it was it was worth worthwhile. <laughs> so yeah, so um, thank you for coming on and talking and telling us about your you you and your story. Yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so, for having me. And if anyone wants to, any of my, my housemates, is in dance mates, wants to find you um, on any anywhere, anything, what where can they go? Um, so, uh, on Twitter, I'll, I'll give that one out first, as that's how we um, came into contact. My uh, handle is Isaac, spelled I-S-A-A-C, underscore Swaby. So, it's just my my name. And my Instagram is sway.b underscore. Mm-hmm. And my Facebook page is my DJ name, so sway hyphen b. And that's yeah, that's where they can find me. Um, and hopefully, there's they'll find all the content on there, nice and interesting. <laughs> um, I, I, all my live streams are on um, Facebook as well. So if you if you ever need anything to listen to, then yeah, you can go and listen to that. And I'll get a lot of my friends in there as well. So I'll definitely uh, I'll give you your Instagram and Facebook a, a follow and a like and what have you. So man, I appreciate yeah. it. Um, so yeah so thank you for coming on thank you to everyone for listening I hope you enjoyed and I'll catch you very soon <laughs>